0: Welcome to the Temple Executive Coaching Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping provide leadership solutions to small and medium-sized business owners. We'll talk to business experts on establishing company strategy, trends on leadership development, challenges of company culture, and understanding company finance. Now, here's your host, Mike Temple. Hey, welcome back to another segment of That girl and that guy providing leadership solutions to small and medium-sized business owners. Again, I'm Mike Temple. This is part two of a segment that we call Control Your Cash Before It Controls You. In our last segment, we talked about what happens when business owners do not take control of their cash. We talked a, a little bit about how their cash will start to control them. And uh, once again, I'm going to be joined by industry expert, Donna Phoebus. Donna is the virtual CFO at Temple Executive Coaching, uh, as well as she is the owner of Integrity Business Advisors. She is a veteran in the industry with 29 years of experience, and she's seen it all. She holds a bachelor's degree in accounting and business administration, as well as a master's degree in accountancy. Uh, she has worked in various industries, uh, one that we share together, the logistics industry. She's worked with con- in the construction re- uh, industry, restaurants, e-commerce. You know, she was even an assistant auditor for the state of Washington. Donna, welcome back, lady. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks. You know, <laughs> You put so much emphasis on the 29 years; it makes me feel so old.
0: You don't look at. Come on, lady, look at yourself. <laughs> oh well, thank you. Hey, look. It's good to last be back, segment. anyway. Yeah. For those, you know, who didn't get a chance to join us in our last uh, segment, we, we talked about, you know, not only the financial impact of not knowing where your cash, you know, is going when it comes in. We <laughs> talked about the impact of not knowing, you know, when it comes in, where it should go or where it even is at this moment. We talked of probably a little bit more critical element about the emotional impact that it has on business owners. When your cash starts to control you and it's out of control, this kind of times lead, you know, to um, to indecision. Uh, let's be honest. I've, I've worked with a lot of business owners. Uh, it leads to anxiety. It can lead to depression, and all these things bring about a lack of um, clarity when it comes to making some decisions. And possibly the you know the worst thing, losing the business, or you know going into bankruptcy. So when it comes to taking control of your cash, Donna did an excellent job of breaking down and how to run a really quick cash analysis on your business. Our hope is that that bottom line does equal a positive number because like we said, if it's a dollar, you're ahead of the game, you're winning. If you didn't get a chance to see that segment, I'll put a link below and you go back and watch it. But if it's not a positive number, whatever that number is, you're behind like some of us are. If you want to know how to get out of that We want to thank you uh, for being with us today because Donna is going to take us through a couple of steps on some things to do if that happens to be our case. So if the cash flow is negative, what in the world are we going to do?
1: That's a really good question. I'm glad we're here talking about that today. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to establish what your business's break even point is. Whatever that negative number that you're currently showing on your net profit line, or in this case, you know, we're going to be talking about net loss. That's the number that we immediately want to target because to find that break even point, we need to find out what causes us to get to that zero. That's our break even point. That's where we have made enough sales to cover all of our costs. If you're at a negative, we need to understand why. Let me use an example. Let's say that we had a hundred thousand in revenues. It cost us a hundred and twenty thousand to run our business. There's a deficit there of $20,000. That's what red means, right? We need to find out why. There's a reason there's something that's going on that Mm -hmm. is causing that. If we're going in and we're looking at the break even, anything above zero is Mm -hmm. profit. Anything below is a deficit. So Mm -hmm. we want to identify what that is so that we know what to do to go forward. Your negative cash flow can be due to many things, not necessarily, Revenue issue. It might not have anything to do with your sales whatsoever.
0: Impossible. Um, Sales cures everything.
1: Yeah. Everything. No? No. No. We're going to talk about exactly what I'm talking about here Mm -hmm. and showing you how a net loss, that point at the bottom, has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with your sales. Your sales might be fabulous, but it's something in the background that's happening, causing the problem. Let's talk about four things that I commonly see when I'm working with my clients. The first thing I want to talk about, it doesn't matter if it's in business, if it's in personal, you have Mm -hmm. to have good communication, especially the larger your company is. Mm -hmm. There's more people involved. There's more moving parts and pieces. You have to communicate as an example. When I'm Mm -hmm. talking about communication with individuals, I had a client once, you know, I worked with not too long ago. And one of the things that we worked on was communication Mm -hmm. and there was a breakdown was what we found in this particular business. They did some international shipping and in the international shipping, you've got to figure out. The export. So you've got to work with outside people and put your whole process together for you know identifying where the pickup's gonna be, how much weight, what's on the shipment, costs, all of that. The this gal would take care of this piece and that's where it would stop. She'd arrange okay. for the shipping with the people out in the warehouse, and she would completely bypass sharing with customer service who put together the billing. We were paying all this freight yeah. and it wasn't being collected from the from the customer. <laughs>
0: Okay. You know, you're
1: talking three to five thousand dollars a shipment because you're going overseas. You know, we're talking big money.
0: This is an Amazon stuff of twenty-four dollars per no, shipping. We're
1: talking hundreds of pounds ah. pallets of you know expensive equipment. They weren't capturing the freight. So what's happening? It's falling off the bottom and it's eroding that bottom line. So communication is a a really big thing. So number two is a breakdown in processes. We'll talk about billing, a breakdown Mm -hmm. in the billing process. What I mean is you do not use a consistent structured process for processing, you know, from say sales to accounting. You want to use a standardized process because it helps you to capture mistakes. One of the things you want, you want to have say a flow chart. And then, you know, details on how this process is going to work. For instance, sales makes the sale. They provide you with ABC document Mm -hmm. to accounting. Accounting Mm -hmm. takes it from there and they have their own checkoff sheet basically to identify their steps in the process and say that freight is included in there. Did we charge for freight? Was there freight? Are we paying for it?
0: Mm -hmm. If so, how much
1: was it? Filling in those blanks and building it into your process. So yeah, it's having processes in place that are standardized and consistent. Okay. One of the other things is uh, your cost of materials. So if your costs are wrong,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the billing's going to be wrong. You're not charging appropriately.
0: Do you have an example? What you know, something along those lines where there was a cost of material problem?
1: Let me just start with sharing with you, a lot of people might be saying, well, what's a cost of materials? A cost of materials, just to define it, is it's what goes into your product. It's what you what you purchase that you use over here. So say raw materials, mm-hmm. and it becomes this product over here. My example for you is going to be a manufacturer that I worked with. They made equipment. They also made chemicals, but we're going to talk about equipment. One of the pieces that they would make were electronic cabinets what was happening is there was a couple of different problems so number one they would order the materials they would have the materials shipped into their department and okay. they would build these cabinets issue number one they didn't tell anybody that we're making the cabinets <laughs> okay all
0: right In case issue you don't number know two
1: they didn't tell anybody that we're shipping the cabinets so that you know that kind of rolls up into your processes yeah. and your communication, because lacking those two items, what was happening was we were going out and buying materials, but we weren't passing that cost on to the customer. So there was no recapture of the actual cost mm-hmm. to build the equipment. There was no markup and there was no shipping captured. <laughs> so all of that was just flying out the window. <laughs>
0: And from your first example, nobody knows what we're even selling or making these things. It's already costing us $3,500 to ship.
1: <laughs> and these people are super intelligent. They've yeah. got an awesome, awesome business model. Okay. But they were losing money out the bottom like you wouldn't believe because okay. there was no process and no communication. Okay let me break down cost of materials. Super simple. Cause
0: please I don't
1: want anybody to be lost. Okay. Please. Okay. So this is how it, ex- it was explained to me once upon a time. Okay. Let's think of cost of materials, like a recipe and we're going to make a recipe and okay. what we're going to build is chocolate chip cookies, love chocolate chip cookies. I just like mine with oatmeal. So in your recipe for chocolate chip cookies, we've got mm-hmm. butter, sugar, flour, chocolate chips, eggs, all of those things make up that recipe to create that cookie. So it's the same thing with your cost of materials. It's anything that's going to go into making that cabinet, steel, welding, supply, whatever it happens to be, the electronics sure. that go inside of it. Those are all your cost of materials. Right. That's just kind of a, a simplified example of what a cost of materials is.
0: Everything that it took to, to bake that chocolate chip cookie from the from all those Ingredients. The cost of each of those ingredients need, needs to be calculated into each chocolate chip cookie that you're about to sell, so that you can recapture uh, recapture right. your, your costs.
1: If your costs are wrong, your pricing is not right. You yeah. know, it's incorrect. Yeah. Which means your billing is wrong. Which means your revenue is wrong. You see how it compounds.
0: This does sound like increasing the number of sales is really not gonna solve this problem. No, The example that you gave, if our revenue for this month was 100 grand, but our costs was 120,000, we could double revenue next month, but we would still double this problem the following month. Increasing sales is not really going to slay this particular dragon here. You know, everything you're just kind of, you brought up, you know, the communication from department to department. Uh, do you even have a billing process? If something goes wrong, we go back and we look at the process. Do you even know like the cabinet? Do you even know the cost of your materials? What it costs you to produce your product before we even start to sales, before we even start shipping. If you're in the service business, what's the cost of per employee that you have. Go back, take a look at communicating. Are we communicating? Do we have a communication gap? Take a look at your your billing process. Geez, do you even have a uh, a process in place and understand all the costs that it takes to build your product to make your material, all of those things need to look at so that you can incorporate that into the price of your product. So it might be a matter of a pricing problem, not so much. We need more sales. All right. If we take a look at that, Donna, and we're able to kind of drill down and say, maybe we found it, maybe we didn't, but more than likely if, if that didn't help. What else can business owners do that they should be looking at that really has nothing to do with increasing sales?
1: Yes. Yeah, so one of the things that you can do, and it's a big one, and that is we can de- Decrease costs. Okay. And in order to do that, we need to pull a copy of your PL.
0: Okay, a copy of a PL, uh, another acronym. What the heck is that? PL statement. Um, you know, I'm poor and losing statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: if we're talking about negative, that's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it actually stands for profit and loss. So it's your okay. profit and loss statement, also known as an income statement. So we need to pull this report. And what we do is we go through each of, in your operating costs, we're going to go through each of those lines and identify what can be cut. What are items that you can live without and keep your business running?
0: Let me ask you if... We're gonna pull the PL, we're gonna start making cuts to decrease costs. Why don't we just do that right off the bat?
1: I identify the other things first because your operating costs might not be the issue. They might be a small part of the problem because we all like to often bend when we think we have money. But decreasing costs do not solve deeper issues that are going on. You know, the communication, mm-hmm. the no processes decreasing your costs, they're not going to affect that. It would be a band-aid. You might be able to decrease costs and get yourself to zero, but you're still going to have that issue. You're still going to have the communication issue. You're still mm-hmm. going to have broken processes, you know, incorrect pricing, mm-hmm. and you're still going to have money falling out the bottom.
0: That brings up a good point on it. If you don't know the cost of your materials, if that's not even showing up on your PL profit loss statement, if you don't even know that you may not be cutting the necessary things, kind of like these mm-hmm. ghost costs, never knew that was there. So we never knew if we had to cut it or not. And even if we do cut kind of what you're telling me, that communication, if we don't communicate that, that we've cut that particular item, uh, people are going to be wondering where everything is at. So that's not going to fix the communication problem. So yeah, Yeah. this thing is a big blender. So I can see why first you approached it, the communication, the billing process, and what was the cost (laughs) of material, the cost of material. (laughs) Okay. We pull our P and L profit loss statement. And if we need to start decreasing costs, what are some things, you know, right off the bat that maybe the business owner could look at decreasing?
1: The first thing I would do is I would take a look at all the suppliers and vendors, see if you can work with some of them to get a price reduction. It's also possible that you can reach out to other vendors, get the same quality of merchandise, whatever it is that you're buying for a less expensive price. Get the vendors to compete for your business. Don't just hand it to them. Let them compete for it. Why should I go with you instead of so-and-so and negotiate? Don't be afraid to negotiate. These guys work off of contracts. There's no reason why you have to pay BMW prices for, you know, a something else that you should make sure that you're doing is separating your business expenses from your personal expenses. I've worked with several clients, you know, they draw a salary, you know, they're paying for groceries or, you know, homeowners association fees or whatever that they're running it through the business. Well, it comes out of your cash. It erodes your operating cash. So you're taking it as distributions, which is a whole nother subject, but keep your personal expenses separate from your business. Something else that I see a lot, it comes from a good heart of a business owner but they want to provide nice amenities Mm -hmm. they want to provide free soda Maybe, you know, a coffee bar, free cable TV for the staff right. in the lunchroom. They want to supply meals if they have a lunch meeting. Right. You know, right. Those are all things that you can kind of back off from. They might be small amounts, but right. added right. up over several months, it can be quite a bit of money. Maybe back those off. Charitable contributions. We as business owners love to help people in
0: need. Right.
1: Back <laughs> it off a little bit. You're the one in need right now.
0: You're in <laughs> you're the hole. Char- you're, your, you're
1: the charitable contribution contribution right now. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Eliminate unnecessary payments like for magazines or newspapers, programs that you might be involved in right now. You can always pick them up later. But in the meantime, push them aside, keep that money with you. If you have retainer fees to professionals, like an attorney, if you're not readily using that attorney all the time, take them off a retainer. Again, it doesn't have to be permanent, but it is a way to save money every month or every year, whatever that setup looks like. Review your insurance policy premiums. Every year we go through open enrollment for healthcare, or you have Mm -hmm. to renew your, your insurance for your auto or your general liability. Get some quotes, see what's out there, compare the policies, you might be able to pick up little savings there. And I save the worst decisions for last. And those have to do with your benefits to your staff. And one of those is retirement contributions. A lot of employers like to do some matching, um, even if it's on a small scale, but you can look at temporarily suspending the employer portion of the contributions. Celebrations. I worked for a business once and we celebrated everybody's birthday and it was so (laughs) Fun. You know, it was so fun to celebrate people, but those are expensive. You can still have the celebrations, but do it potluck style instead. Have everybody contribute instead of the company paying the whole thing. The last one I'm going to bring up, and this one, a lot of people don't want to do it. It's really a hard choice. But again, you're talking about the livelihood of your business, you know, your support system for your family, as well as other people's families. But you may have to cut staff hours. You might, Mm -hmm. you know, you might need to cut their wages. You might have to cut them, period. Um, and lay them off. It's a very, very tough decision. I always save that one for last because you want to cut everything you can before you cut a person. They're very hard to come by, especially the good ones. So you want to make sure that you're taking care of them best within your control, right? With that said, I will mention, because I have seen this, if you end up having to cut staff or reduce hours or wages to them, consider doing it for yourself too. Don't cut your staff's wages in half or whatever that looks like and roll up in a new caddy. (laughs) That's not going to do anything for morale. Don't do anything to them that you were not willing to do to yourself.
0: Exactly. Okay. So don't lay the staff off we all give them a motivational speech, and and now we must all pull together. Just before I jump on my Learjet, head to the, my private island for the Christmas yeah. vacation. Best yeah. to you I'll, all. <laughs>
1: I'll see. You. Yeah. yeah, I'll see you in two weeks. I'm headed to Maui. You just don't want to do that because okay. then you've got morale issues and some other things that you're going to introduce. Yeah. Well, this is
0: tough. We're talking about, of course, when we review our vendors, and we may have to cut some things with our vendors' prices. That's going to affect their revenue as well. We're no longer going to be feeding our people for free. Uh-huh you know, separate out your personal expenses from the business and temporarily suspend matching on the company retirement plans. This is, especially this time of year, close to Christmas, no company Christmas party. Donna, this is kind of brutal.
1: With the company Christmas party, here's the thought. So say you normally go and you rent some fancy room at the local hotel Mm -hmm. and you have it all catered and that kind of thing. Maybe you have that Christmas party at the office. You can still have the celebration. You're just Mm -hmm. doing it differently. You're doing it more cost effectively. Still get to have the activity and you get to have the camaraderie and the relationship building. You're just saving money making that minor change in a nutshell, everything's got to be on the table. Everything's got to be considered and reviewed when you're working with that negative cash flow. It's not a fun experience, but you have to do it.
0: I know a lot of listeners themselves are probably shaking their head. They've experienced it. I've had some clients that have experienced this as well. These are never good, you know, conversations to have. In fact, Donna, I think this is what sometimes leads to a lot of depression for some business owners, having to make these difficult decisions, especially when it comes to staff. uh, They know it's going to affect them. This is what at times leads Mm to anxiety, having to have these difficult conversations with people, you know, but like you said, when we're running out of negative, everything should be on the table. You know, Donna, something as you kind of discussed in our last episode, something got us here. There's a reason why we're here. And these are kind of steps that you have to take after something has happened. What are some proactive steps? I know this is a little bit off topic, but what are some proactive things that people can do before they get to this point?
1: Yeah, sure. A big one is implement a budget. So we're from a budget, create one, stay in agreement with it, stay in line with that budget. I've
0: worked with a, f- a few clients, sometimes between that 30 to 35 million in revenue, and they didn't have a budget.
1: It's really not that uncommon. It's kind of interesting. I've worked with clients where I've helped them to create their budgets. Right. It's like one of the first things that I'll do with them if they're in a bad spot. Having that budget allows the organization to be more proactive. They can make better business decisions. It just helps them make better choices Mm -hmm. that are better for their business. A budget is just a working template, right? It never comes out to the T, but you can use it as the year progresses and you break it down and you look at it every month and you can see, okay, well, we budgeted $80,000 this month and we only came in at 54, you know, what's going Mm -hmm. on? Go back and look at those things that we talked about earlier, identify things that you might be able to cut, Mm -hmm. identify why those things happen so you know, and you can make decisions to go forward. That budget helps you identify those problems before they end up being a disaster. Adjust up or down, tighten it up if you need to, just to close up some of those gaps. You know, one of the other things you can do is to control that spending is implement a tighter approval process. All these employees, let's say you have 30 staff and everybody needs something and I'll use office supplies as an example you have a whole cabinet full of office supplies but somebody comes over here and wants to order 10 those rule pieces of paper you know like these you're like we don't need those you just spent 20 bucks do we really need that stuff get an approval process in place that will catch that kind of thing and say well we have some of those in the cabinet with bigger companies you have department heads so right. say a manufacturer you've got a production manager you've got a supply chain manager you know a maintenance manager mm-hmm. so all of these individuals individuals can help you to control those costs by having that tighter process in place for approving for purchases it'll help you manage that budget more effectively and just help you to keep working as lean as you can
0: get them involved in the accountability give them the number that they need to stay in line with not only for the year quarterly annually at times weekly might even mm-hmm. force the issue you know the example you gave Donna office supply if you are manufacturing do you have you done an audit of of your material, do you know what you have now? I like the example you gave earlier. If we budgeted a particular item or for thirty thousand, and it's coming in at fifty thousand, what in the world is going on here? It kind of helps dive deep because this kind of reminds me. I, w- I was working with a client, and uh, they're in the logistics industry, and it was a great group of guys. They really, really did care about the employees. They cared about the, you know the quality of service uh, that they were delivering. It was family-owned, so they took a lot of that to heart. Well, we were doing a strategy session and the CFO of the organization he wanted to have a comprehensive budget where expenses were and what the expectation of uh, what they were going to pay for expenses well again company was cash flow positive so they thought the ceo didn't see the value in it didn't really want to mess with it why bother with a budget implementing all of these controls this transparency he wanted nothing to do with it well this organization when i was working with them went from 30 million in revenue to 35 million in revenue over a year what really kind of caught them all off guard is even though sales had increased, they were still in the negative. They were still behind and they could not figure out what in the world had happened. It had mm-hmm. finally caught up to them. Like you're talking, they were still negative. I allowed them to kind of move forward. I didn't, you know, didn't arm wrestle with them over the budget. Let it play out. Sometimes experiences are our best teacher. So when yeah. I started asking questions, I've learned working with you, where did the money go? Where'd the, re- where'd the revenue go? Where were the expenses? Was there a spike in expense? All types of analysis, they just didn't have an answer to it. I mean, this is this is really a perfect example. This organization, really a perfect example. Of some of the things that you've talked about, where. Increasing sales did not fix the problem. The problem, you know, like you mentioned, it lied in communication. Were they communicating between all departments of expenses, revenue, collecting on some of the revenue? Did they have this, this opened up, they did not have a billing process. Everybody kind of had their own thing, their own way of doing it. Some of them brought their own process of, you know, working with other organizations before they came. So they kind of did what they were doing and hoping that, you know, all this billing would somehow work its way out you can't blame accounting. They're only charging and recouping for what's being reported to them. So it's not uncommon, really. And we've done some study on this ourselves, Done. It's not uncommon to have even larger size organizations not have a budget in place and not have transparency, you know, some accountability to this. It makes a whole heck of a lot of sense, you know, but uh, everything that you've mentioned could have played a part in this organization's problem.
1: It's really unfortunate. And you're right. Sometimes we have to learn the hard way. And they're really good lessons that we never forget. We We want to operate as lean as possible, especially in these types of situations, it helps you to work your way out of the red. It helps you break even. It helps you to increase your profitability. Ask yourself and your staff, can we find an alternative? Do we absolutely need this in order for you to complete your work? Can we operate without this for just a little while? Can we put it off another couple of months or whatever that looks like? At this point, every penny counts. And the more that you save and that you don't spend, the more that's going to go direct to your bottom line and help you increase that number and lower that deficit.
0: Just to kind of wrap up to summarize here, if you're in the red, work towards your negative number to bring yourself to a break even point. If we're negative cash flow, negative 20,000 at the end of the month, at the end of the year, as Donna said, that negative 20 is your target to bring to a break-even positive of zero? Breaking even is sometimes the victory. Common things that you've got to consider, you're communicating. Are you communicating all costs? Are you communicating everything that you're billing for? Do you have communication from department to department? Because sometimes there's that ripple effect. What you do in one department does affect everyone else, especially with costs. Do you, know your costs. Do you actually know the costs of your material? Do you even know if you've got a sufficient amount of material on hand? You you may have enough material on hand, but do you know the costs of your material? And then the third step, decrease your costs. You can't decrease your costs if you don't know what your real costs are. And last, understand the value of building a budget and staying within the budget. Whether your organization is $100,000 in revenue on a monthly basis, or you had $100,000 in revenue on an annual basis, sometimes the habits you establish when you're small you carry with you. So if you don't think you need a budget now, there's going to be very little to change your mind as you start to grow. Donna just pointed out, sales is not always going to solve every problem that you have. It might even exasperate the problem even more. Hey, Donna, awesome. Good stuff. If you want to find Donna, you want to shoot her a quick email, Donna, where can they find you at?
1: You can find me at donna at temple executive coaching.com.
0: one of my favorite email addresses yeah well, hey. <laughs> hey guys Hey, thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this segment we'd love to hear your comments your feedback until then donna again thank you so much and we look my forward pleasure. always great to have you always learn something donna when you're around thanks so much guys we'll talk to you later look forward to seeing you in our next episode You've been listening to the Temple Executive Coaching Podcast, where we engage with experts in business growth for small and medium-sized companies. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Temple Executive Coaching Podcast, please email Mike Temple at mike at templeexecutivecoaching.com.